I'm looking around and I I saw Pastor Tony sitting over there, but he's not there now. Uh, can we just check maybe the family room or somewhere? Restroom, maybe. I don't know where he's at. Yeah. Hey, how is everybody? <laughs> I think I just got bit by George. <laughs> I just hanging out, reading the, the book of truth back there, and uh, just want to get as much out of VBS as I possibly can. What a great, great week. What you saw uh, a snapshot of here was the culmination of a lot of weeks of preparation, of prayer, of commitment, of hard work, um, of so many people uh, that really were committed to making this happen. I wonder, um, if you were involved in VBS in any way, would you just stand for a moment? Would you just stand for a moment? If you're involved in any way in VBS. Amen. Thank you. It, it truly takes a team. And uh, Christine Falji, you led that team well. And we are so appreciative. When Christine told me the, the look of what she was looking to do and the set, and I kind of thought, I just don't have the mind for that, but thankfully she does. And what an incredible gift this was to the body of Christ, and what a great opportunity to invest in the lives of our young people. And uh, in addition to that, we had a great time. There was so, many, uh, so much laughing and so many memories and people getting to know each other in a, in a greater way. And that's just what's so wonderful about ministry. It's, we get an opportunity to build on the family of God and at the same time, building the kingdom of God. And it was, um, it was surely a, a good, uh, good time. It was so exciting, too, to see so many of our leaders uh, were the kids from many years ago who kind of went through VBS, now leading and teaching and, and just leading us. And so I, that, to me, is just such a real, great reminder of how old we're getting, right? Uh, that's certainly part of it. Uh, but that's the kind of fruit that, that you want to see in a church, that the next generation is carrying the torch and leading the way and um, just seeing so many young adults um, so excited about uh, bringing smiles and laughter out of the hearts of our kids uh, while pointing them to Jesus. Uh, that's what family does, right? That's what the family of God does. So I, I just want to say, well done. So proud of you. So, so proud. Um, as many of you know, our theme was on the armor of God, a truth that is um, super, super important and, and super helpful for kids. Uh, but how many know it's not a message just for kids, right? It's a message that every one of us needs to apply to our own lives, right? And um, do, you know that, do you know that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote about the armor of God while he was in a prison cell right, um, for his faith. And it was there that he penned the words to the church at Ephesus about the armor of God that we were focusing on. Now, truth be told, the armor of God is, is not about helmets and shields. It's not about swords and, and breastplates. It's, the armor of God is about, is about absolute truth. Truth that never changes, Truth that is true for all people in all time periods, in every culture, and in every situation. It is truth because it's God's truth, and because it's God's truth, it doesn't change. 
It's not up for negotiation or political acceptance or any kind of vote, right? God's word doesn't change. And so as we had that wonderful opportunity to uh, really impart that truth into the lives of our kids, it was so critically important that, that they, as well as every one of us, are reminded in the midst of this changing culture in which we live, that is always trying to reinvent truth, that we hold up the word of God as the ultimate authority, as the, the, as the absolute truth of what it is. So the armor of God, what is that? It's the appropriation or it's the, it's the application of truth, right? The armor of God is not about swords and shields and breastplates and helmets. It's about how do we apply truth? How do we combat against the lies of the enemy and the lies of this world? Now, it's interesting, just prior to what Paul talks about in Ephesians about the armor of God, just prior to that, Paul writes about some really significant relationships. And it's interesting how it all kind of ties together. You know, Satan's kingdom is a kingdom that is founded upon lies. Satan's kingdom is a a kingdom that is founded on confusion and division. And that's the the bad kingdom that we had talked about in the course of the week. But that's not how God's kingdom operates, right? And so the reality of it is that that the enemy tries to influence relationships so that relationships could look like his kingdom and not God's kingdom. And so what Paul does before talking about the armor of God, he starts to talk about relationships, He starts to talk about husbands and wives, how husbands ought to treat their wives, how wives ought to respond to their husbands, and lays out absolute unchanging truth so that when applied to our lives, our marriages will thrive. And then he talks about the relationship between children and parents, and parents to children. How children are to obey their parents, how they are to honor their parents how parents are not supposed to provoke their children to wrath, how they are to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, right? And we see that, that because God's word is truth, when we put those truths, those truths into those dynamic, the dynamics of that relationship, those relationships thrive. It's the same thing with employers and employees, as he talks about there as well, how they are to have mutual respect for one another. Again, applying truth. The enemy tries to sow discord and division and, and, and lies. And so Paul is writing, he's painting a picture of some of the, the most influential relationships that we engage in. These are the people that we, we spend most of our time around, right? The same, same principles apply to our, our friends and the people that we spend time with. And sometimes those influences are really good. And as we saw over the course of the week, sometimes they're not so good. And so it's really important that that we consider who we allow to influence us, who we choose as our friends. Because the reality of it is the people that we spend the most amount of time with, whether you want it to happen or not, they're going to influence you. 
Right, and so Paul in, 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 this, in this epistle is laying out how do relationships thrive the way God designed for them to thrive? How do they walk in truth consistent with the kingdom of God and against the kingdom of, of Satan and his lies? Because Satan, again, he wants, to, he wants to sow in lies. And so it's in the context of all of that about relationships that Paul then very naturally goes into these words that kids we've been looking at these last number of days. Where he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but we wrestle against rulers and against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Notice what Paul says. He says, I want you to be strong in the Lord. That's where our strength comes from. Not strong in your own experience, not just strong in your own thinking, not just so strong in your own willpower, but Paul says, be strong in the Lord. In other words, find your strength in God. And that's what we want to remind every one of our kids today, to be strong in the Lord, to find your strength in God. And I want to remind every one of us that are that are not kids anymore, at least on the outside, right on the inside we may be. You find your strength in God. And the way in which we are strengthened in God is by applying God's strength to our lives and God's truth to our lives and living out that truth. It's making sure that the greatest influence in our life is God's unchanging truth. David in the Psalms said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He leads us and guides us. And so in the context of all of Paul's saying, when we, when we walk in truth, all those relationships thrive the way God designed for them to be. But as we learn in VBS, the devil doesn't want you to walk in truth. He wants you to believe what? Lies. Right? He doesn't want you to believe that Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to believe that God even exists. He wants you to think that the Bible is some archaic book that is old-fashioned and outdated and doesn't speak to today. But it does speak to today. It speaks very specifically to today because God's word is absolute truth. It doesn't ever change. And so how do we fight against those lies? Kids, what do, we, what do we put on? Yeah, we put on the, what's the big picture of it? Yup, and, and the, yup, and what else? The armor of God, right? We put on all the armor of God. <laughs> we get there, <laughs> right? The belt of truth, the whole show, we put it all on, right? You put on the whole armor of God. And so check it out. Here's Paul, right? Paul is, he's in, a, he's in this Roman, uh, he, he's in this prison cell. And he's looking at this Roman soldier and he's wanting to communicate how to apply truth, how to combat against the lies of the enemy and using the, 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 the uniform that the soldier, the Roman soldier was wearing, Paul will give us the, use that as an illustration for how do we apply truth to combat 
lies. And then he says this, here's what you do. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. I love what he says there. He says, listen, you can withstand. You can go against the culture. You can go against the lies. You can go against the, the peer pressure and the, and the temptations of the day. He says, here's how you do it. You put, up the, you put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, he says, take up the shield of faith with which you, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God. That's right. So let's take a little brief look at each of these items and let's see how do these help us to combat against lies. Now, parent, if you're here, if you're, if you're listening, thinking, oh, this is a great message for the kids, hello, this is a message for you and I today. Amen? We're seeing lies come from every single direction in our day. And if we don't combat the lies with truth, we're going to walk in deception and never fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. And so Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. He talks about the belt of truth. What is a belt? A belt is used to hold everything together. Keeps stuff from falling down. It keeps things from falling apart. And truth is what holds all things together. You know, our lives and our beliefs are defined by how we live, what we think, and how we speak. Don't tell me what you believe. I'll, de- I'll know what you believe by how you live, what you think, and how you speak, right? We can say anything we want about what we believe, but they're always gonna be defined by how we live, what we think, and how we speak. And the reality of it is if we want to apply truth to our lives, that means that how we live, we need to live lives of truthfulness, of honesty, being people of integrity, right? If we want to put on the belt, belt plate, the, the, the belt of truth, it means that we guard our thinking, right? We, we allow truth to inform our thinking. Not lies, not TV, not social media, right? We allow truth to inform our thinking. We allow truth to inform what comes out of our mouth. We are to be truthful people. We are to be honest people. We are to be people who are, who our word means something, right? And we are to speak the truth as well. Speak the truth of God's word. And so we are to, we combat lies of the enemy by being, by putting on the, the belt of truth, being people of truth. And that's seen in how we live and what we think and how we speak. Then he says this, put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. And what does this cover? It covers our heart, right? It covers that big muscle that is such a vital organ in our body. But it's even more than just a a very vital muscle in our body. It's also the center point of our emotions. And so what Paul is saying to us is, here, listen, here's how you're going to guide against the enemy. Don't allow your emotions to be influenced by anything other than what God says about you. We are clothed in his righteousness. We are accepted by God because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. 
That means we don't need to walk around in guilt and shame. But instead, we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness and it allows us to see ourselves as God sees us. Can I tell you kids something? Don't let anybody else tell you. Don't let kids or social media tell you how you should think about yourself. Because, and let me just say the same thing to parents. Because no matter how old we are, we're not, we don't escape that stuff. Don't allow social media to tell you, to tell you how you need to look what you need to wear, what your portfolio needs to look like, right? You allow the truth of God's word to define you. Thirdly, he says, put on the shoes of readiness to present the gospel of peace. Put on the shoes of readiness. You know, as Christians, Jesus gave us the mission to go into all the world and make disciples. That's what we're called to do. Can I tell you, you know what I see looking right up, right back at me right now? Is a whole bunch of missionaries. Because that's what the scripture calls us to be. We are missionaries. You don't need to go on a plane or a bus or a car ride or anywhere to go to a mission field. We live in a mission field. Right? This place is not our home, the Bible says. And so while we're here, we are to be salt on the earth. We are to be a, a light to the world around us. Charles Spurgeon said that every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. We're all called to be missionaries. And what do we bring? We bring the gospel of peace. It's the hope of the world. Christians who, who aren't living on mission have bought into the lie that life is just about them. It's about their happiness. It's about their Future. It's about their portfolio. It's about their job, their relationships, their comfort. You just, you fill in the blank. That's not what life is supposed to be. We are to live our lives to the glory of God, right? And so the reality of it is we are not to have our own mission. We are to take on the mission of Jesus, to recognize we are where we are, when we are, around who we are, to be a missionary. And we need to put on our shoes of readiness to present the gospel of peace, to be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within us. Number four, we take up the, the shield of what? The shield of faith, right? The shield of faith is what is used to extinguish the fiery what? Good, excellent. The fiery darts of the enemy, right? Those fiery darts, they come from afar. They're fiery because they are poisonous. And they're poisonous because they're full of lies. Excellent, good. <laughs> Here's what the goal of the fiery darts are. The goal of the fiery dart is to attempt to get you to believe and live a lie. Did you ever have thoughts come into your mind that make you feel bad about yourself? Tell you, well, you're ugly, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too talkative, you're not talkative enough, you're too short, you're too tall, the whole host of things. Have you had someone say something to you that was really hurtful those are fiery darts from the enemy whether they were shot at your mind from, from your own thoughts or coming from the lips of somebody else it has the same source it's the enemy and their lies you let God define you you let God define you because he thinks you're wonderful 
He calls you chosen. He calls you loved. He calls you precious. You put on the shield of faith and you, when those thoughts come in, you put that shield up and say, no, it's not true. I'm not those things. I am what God says I am. And you let that define you. And the older you get, the more everybody's going to tell you how you ought to look and how you ought to live your life. You let God and his word tell you how to live your life. Number four, he talks about the helmet of what? Salvation. Excellent. And the helmet of salvation protects what? Brain. Our brain and also our, our mind, right? It's our, what, what takes place inside our mind? Our, it's our thoughts, right? And we need to guard. How many know we need to guard our thoughts, right? Does any parent not need to guard their thoughts? Right? Every one of us, you never, we don't outgrow this stuff, right? The older we get, sometimes the harder it is to do it, right? We need to guard our thoughts. It's, it's, uh, it's the place where our thinking takes place. It's in our mind. I've seen some people go into some really dark places because they, they didn't guard their thoughts. They would perseverate over things and they would spiral into a, a completely different place that God, than God had for them. The enemy wants you to get so consumed with negativity that it affects the way you see everything and everyone, including yourself and God. Well, if God is so good, then why are things so difficult? He loves to send negativity, and we need to guard those thoughts. You know what Paul says? Paul says we ought to take captive. It means you need to arrest those thoughts. Before they land in your mind, you need to stop it and say, nope, that's not true. He says this to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Things that are raised against the knowledge of God, God being truth, are lies. And he says, and take captive every thought to obey Christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Look, he talks about strongholds. He talks about arguments. He talks about opinions. He talks about knowledge. He talks about thoughts. Where does it all take place? It takes place right in this little space between our ears. It takes place in our mind. And we need to guard our mind, put on the helmet of salvation and let our lives be informed by what God says and not the stinking thinking, the negativity around us. In fact, Paul says this. He says, finally, here's what you ought to think about. He says this, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, he said, think about these things. That's where you park yourself. That's where you focus. You know, so much of our fear and anxiety and stress would go away if we would just focus on that which is just and pure and lovely and of a good report. Because last I checked, I don't think worry has ever helped anybody get out of a situation. In fact, it just digs you in deeper and deeper. These are the truths that we see laid out for us as the armor of God, the way we combat against lies. 
As I looked at the kids this last, this last, uh, this last Friday night and I saw the, 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 the whole, weren't they beautiful? Just so precious and such a, a fresh slate, a clean slate, a palette. Not perfect, right? I get it. But vulnerable. A purity and an innocence. And I watched them on Friday night and I just, I kind of welled up and I just thought, God, guard them, Lord. Keep them in your truth. Because I know that these precious little ones are going to go out into cultures and communities and schools and they're going to hear lies. They're going to, they're going to be told to question things that we know are true in the word of God. And this, this is where it is so important that the, the church of God gathers together as the family of God to uphold truth to teach and lead these little ones so that their loudest voices they're hearing are the ones speaking the absolute truth of God's word into their ears. What an incredible responsibility we have as a church. What an incredible responsibility we have as, as parents and grandparents and friends and uncles and aunts. What an incredible responsibility we have to teach them and mold them so that they come to realize how precious they are in the eyes of God so they can experience the best that God has for them. This last piece of armor that Paul talks about, unlike all of the others which were defensive weapons, he, he highlights the importance of the, the sword of the spirit which is a, a, an offensive weapon. The sword of the spirit which is the what? Word of, yeah, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the Word of God not only exposes and, and distinguishes lies, but the Word of God builds us up. The Word of God informs us. The Word of God instructs us. The Word of God corrects us and leads us into what God has for us. It advances us. It moves us forward. It matures us. It doesn't just respond to those things that are around us, but it moves us further ahead in our lives and in our belief system, in our understanding and embracing the goodness and love and mercy of our great God who cares and loves us. And so whether you're four or 14 or 40 or 80 or 10 or we could do this all day right we all need to take up the armor of God we all need to learn how to apply God's truth to the lies around you because you know what there's a barrage of lies coming down the, down, down the highway of life these days and I want to tell you be in the house of God where the word of God is taught, where the whole word of God is held up as the absolute source of authority. Not so that we could just be a club, but that we can gather around the truth of God's word and build a community of faith that'll change the world and advance the kingdom of God to the mission field that we're all called to reach out to. Let's pray. Lord, what a, what a wonderful week you've given to us. 
Lord, surely your fingerprints have been all over it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for so many of your people giving of themselves to love on and serve our kids. Thank you for our precious ones that you have entrusted into our care to point them to Jesus. Lord, would you bless them today? But thank you most of all that we have a message of truth that we can hold up as absolute, that it is unchanging, that it is trustworthy, that it speaks to every situation, to every people, in every time, and in every culture, and it does not change because you, who are truth, do not change. Lord, I pray that you'd give each and every one of us a greater hunger for your word, that we'd learn even from the passion of our kids in their commitment to grow and memorize and apply. Lord, may they inspire each and every one of us to good works. And may we not be the, the cause for their lack of growing, but help us to keep throwing gas on that fire so they would burn for Jesus in their love for him. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness your grace and your mercy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand together and let's thank God for his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his love shed abroad towards us.